Everyone, hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. We're reaching the conclusion of Rish Hashanah, the fourth and final chapter, thirty-two B on the bottom. The Gemara. The Mishnah said we learned yesterday that you're not allowed to violate the rabbinic prohibition in order to fulfill the biblical commandment of hearing shofar, not to climb a tree, etc. The Gemara says, "My time, why not?" Usually, a positive mitzvah overrides a prohibition. A biblical prohibition. Surely it should override a rabbinic prohibition. So why aren't we even allowed to override a rabbinic prohibition in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Lohan Shafer, even though it means we're going to be deprived of fulfilling the mitzvah of Lohan Shafer? So the Gemara said, the Gemara answered, because Shafer, I say, Shafer is a positive biblical commandment to blow Shafer. The Yamtiv is a save, Yamtiv is a positive mitzvah to rest in Yamtiv, and there's also a prohibition not allowed to do work in Yamtiv. Yes, and I say a, a positive mitzvah overrides a prohibition. More important to do, to be active. Hashem created this world in order that we should do, to accomplish, not to sit and do nothing. So, it's, of course, a mitzvah I say overrides a loisaseh, but not a say and a loisaseh. You can't override mitzvahs that say it's not powerful because there's another positive mitzvah to rest. So, even, so, so that's why even the rabbinic prohibitions, the rabbis strengthen their words. Whatever the rabbis say it's prohibited, they made it the equivalent of a biblical prohibition. So therefore, they said you're not allowed to desecrate the amtif, even, even if it's rabbinic, in order to fulfill the mitzvah of blowing shirt. To be active, you have to climb the tree and you have to do something you're not allowed to. Well, climb yeah. a tree was. In the mission, you're not allowed to climb a tree, you're not allowed to ride an animal. And then he continues, you're not allowed to fix the shofar by violating a biblical prohibition by doing work. So if you tell me I'm not allowed to violate a rabbinic prohibition in order to blow shofar, surely I'm not allowed to desecrate yamtiv and violate a biblical prohibition. Why does he have to tell me? Say this and how much more so? That's what you have to learn. You're not allowed to do rabbinics. How much more so? You're not allowed to uh, over override. That she learns the Gemara as if you're telling me you're not allowed to pass the Trum Shabbos. You're not allowed to go past your quarantine, and you're not allowed to mukta, you're not allowed to remove mukta to uncover. The shofar, how much more so, you're not allowed to climb a tree, ride an animal, there the prohibition is, because you're worried that you're going to come to tear off a branch, or you're going to, you're going to come to tear off a branch, which is biblical. So, how, so why do you have to, if you're ready to teach me, you're not allowed to do anything that's 100% rabbinic, like crossing a tchum is only rabbinic, and nevertheless, I'm not allowed to do it to blow shofar. If that's the only way I can blow shofar, how much more so? I'm not allowed to do a prohibition which can lead to something biblical. But Rashi says he doesn't like this, and therefore Rashi omits this whole line from the Gemara. So at the end of the day, not riding an animal and not climbing a tree is rabbinic. Yes, I'm worried that you may come to something biblical, but that's not a reason to call it to call it to call it biblical. That's what it actually says. He eliminate he eliminates the whole this whole piece, this whole line from the Gemara. Okay, we continue on thirty-three A's. You're not allowed to cut the shofar, whether by way, by means of, of uh, doing something that's biblically prohibited or doing something that's rabbinically prohibited. 
For example, how do you do it in the way that it's only rabbinic? For example, magol. If you use, if you're cutting the shreifer by using the sickle. But since it's not the way, it's not the normal way to use a sickle, you use a sickle to, to, to harvest. You don't use a sickle to cut a shreifer off the, off the head of the animal. So therefore, it's only, it's only, it's only rabbinic. But what if, what do you, how do you mean to cut the shreifer in a way that's biblically prohibited? It's like if you use a knife. Because that's the normal way to use, to use a knife. That's what a knife is used for. So repairing a, a utensil, you're violating the malach of, of makibapatis, striking the final blow. Any act that completes the formation of an object and makes it usable is biblically prohibited. It's one of the 39 categories of work. But it has to be done in the normal way. So you don't scrape out a shreifer with a sickle, so therefore it's only rabbinically paper. But if you do it using a knife, then it's uh, biblically so either way, I'm not allowed to do on Yom Tif, even on Rosh Hashanah, even though that's the only way I can fulfill the obligation to blow Shreif. If you're not allowed to even violate a rabbinic, I'm not allowed to even cut out the shafer by using a sickle, surely. All the more so, I'm not allowed to use a knife, which is biblical. Why does it say this? No, that was in the previous case. In this case, in this case, not. No, because this case, it's directly biblical. There, climbing a tree is rabbinic. Riding an animal is rabbinic. But you're worried. Why did, why did the rabbis biblical? Because you may come to violate a biblical prohibition. The Tchum Shabbos is rabbinic. is entirely rabbinic. So, so that's what Sadashi says. It's called that biblical because the reason for the prohibition is it may lead you to something biblical. That's why it actually eliminated. This case we're talking about, it is biblical. I'm using a knife to carve out the shaifer, to finish the shaifer, that is biblical. So you might ask a good question. Here, the Gemara is asking a good question. This is biblical, and this is rabbinic. If, you, if you're not allowed to do rabbinic, surely I'm not allowed to do biblical. Why does he have to tell me? So you might have answers. You have to read it. This, and how much more so, you're not allowed to do it in, by, with a knife, which is... A biblical provision. But then the Mishnah continues, if you want to put water in it. Anyway, the shreifer is good. But you want to make it even better. The voice should be even clearer. By adding water or wine, you could. The Mishnah says, I can use water or wine, but I can't rinse it out with, with urine. To make it even, even uh, to, cl- to cleanse it out even more. It's disrespectful. Out of reverence, you're using a shreifer to blow, you're going you're gonna to put the urine in there. Okay, and then the Mishnah concludes. Hey, it's, it's good. Of course, it's good. I'm not putting urine in to embarrass the shayfar, to humiliate the shayfar, to laugh at the shayfar. I'm using it because it's very good. But, but, but over anything, it's disrespectful. Disrespectful. Yeah. You don't have you don't have to stop the children from blowing shayfar, even though an adult is not allowed to blow shayfar. If you're not fulfilling the mitzvah of shayfar, but you don't have to stop the children. Even more so, you can encourage them. 
Gemara had not she makrov a woman who blew the shayf and you want to blow the shayf and you do stop them. But Tanya makrov lays a notion is that the next one can be a brayzer says it that even women you don't stop. I'm gonna buy you like kasha. It's not a contradiction. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yisroel, Rabbi Shimon. It's two opinions. Tanya will never lie. Said Abraham, Yisroel, speak to the Jewish people. And there is the mitzvah, is the mitzvah of when you bring a sacrifice. Talking about the beginning of Leviticus. When you bring a sacrifice, this mitzvah that you have to lean on the animal is only refers to men, B'nai Yisrael, the men, but not the women. Afterwards, it says you should lean. In the continuation, there is you bring a sacrifice, you have to lean. So that's what the is telling us: Bnei Yisrael, uh, women don't bring sacrifices. But the mitzvah of leaning only refers to men and not to women. That's optional. Even though the pasuk exempts them, there's no prohibition. So therefore, also. That's the argument. Rabbi Hood says that they're not allowed to lean. When the Torah exempts you, you're not allowed to. So two women, when it comes to time, mitzvahs that are time-bound, not only are they not obligated, they're not allowed to blow shem. That's the b'raith that says that women are not allowed to. That's our mission that says that women are not allowed to blow shem. That's Rabbi Hood. But Rabbi Yisrael Rabbi Shimon says the Torah exempts women they are not obligated to. But if they want to, they volunteer to. Mazel tov, hate. Just like they're allowed to lean on the animal and the sacrifice if they want to. There's no prohibition. Like the shayfa to blow, of course they're allowed to. You don't have to stop them. Tefillin is a different reason. Because the truth is that even men shouldn't put on tefillin today. Because the men, usually they used to wear tefillin all day. Today we barely allow men to put on tefillin because we have no choice. Because men are obligated because you have to be, you have to be clean. Your body has to be clean and you have to be focused and concentrate. Even men, barely, we barely allow them to put on because we have no choice. So women, women, we don't allow to put on tefillin. Just in this case, the exception. Film is its own special prayer. That's only that's Rabbi Huda's opinion. We we don't. The law is not like Rabbi Huda. The law is like Rabbi Yisrael. But the women are allowed, of course, and they can make a bracha also. Our custom is the Rambam said they don't make a bracha. We make a bracha. They make a bracha also. Not only don't you have to stop them, you can even encourage them, the children. Till they learn to blow shayfa. Even on Shabbos. Even though we're not allowed to blow on Shabbos. And we're not allowed to touch the shayfa. But the children are allowed. How much more so? You don't stop them on Shabbos. How much more so? It's a contradiction. First you say Amrit. You said that you you can you're allowed to engage you're allowed to teach them to do it they should learn even on Shabbat even initially I'm allowed to go ahead and even encourage them encourage the children to practice and to learn not to blow shayfar even on Shabbat and then you can in the same breath you say we don't stop them Makvin means he covered like Makvin. You don't stop them. Usually you are responsible. The adults are responsible to educate the children. If you see them doing something wrong, you have to stop them. 
Here you don't have to stop them. But only you're not stopping them. You can't encourage them. You don't tell them to go ahead and blow. That's the Braise. But even our mission, it seems from the language. It says, when you don't stop them. But then you say, Misaskin means go ahead and, and encourage them. Which one is it? You don't stop them or you even encourage them? Not only allowed to, you even allowed to encourage them. Think about Lekash, it's not a contradiction. We continue on 33b. We're talking about two different ages. A minor who's below the age of even to be educated, before the age of five, whatever, five or six, five or six. So then, then he reaches that age, you're not allowed to encourage him to do it. If he does it, you don't have to stop him. But when he reaches the age, then you can even encourage him to train him how to blow the shofar. Then the mission says, well, I'm a yatsa. person is just blowing absent-mindedly, without it, absent-mindedly, yatsa, you don't fulfill your obligation. But if he's not blowing absent-mindedly, but he's not blowing to do a mitzvah, he's just blowing because he likes the song, he's singing, he, it's music, he likes the music, he likes the sound of the shaver. But it's not absent-minded, he's intending to blow. Then you're saying yatsa. Then you do fulfill your obligation. This supports the opinion of Rav Adama, Rav That you don't have to, you don't need intent. Mitzvahs don't need intent. You don't have to have the intent in order to fulfill a mitzvah. He's just blowing to sing for the music. And nevertheless, you fulfill your obligation. But the answer is no, from our mission, there's no proof to Rav's opinion. Maybe those that argue with Rav, by argues with Rav and says, that, that, that uh, mitzvahs need intent. You just blowing shofar for the music. You're not thinking about to fulfill the mitzvah. You don't fulfill your obligation. And nevertheless, our mission is not is not a proof. Why? Because our mission means not He says absent-minded. He doesn't mean absent-minded. I'm just blowing without any intent. He means absent-minded. I'm not doing it for the sake of a mitzvah. And the Mishnah concludes, said, concludes that whoever listens hears the sound of the shaykh from someone who blows absentmindedly also does not fulfill his obligation. But what, what can we deduce from the Mishnah? But if someone hears from someone who's blowing for himself, and he is, he does have, his intention is to the Mishnah, but he's thinking about himself, he's not thinking about anyone else. Blow and have me in mind. <coughs> so the one who blows has to have you in mind. When we learn that if you pass by a shul, anyone who passes by fulfills his obligation because the one who's blowing a shul has everyone who listens in mind. I don't have to know you personally, but whoever listens, I have in mind. But you have to have the intent the intent of the one who's blowing and the intent who's listening. But in our mission, it seems not so. Our mission says that only someone who blows absentmindedly and he himself is not fulfilling his obligation. Then the one who's listening, who hears the sounds of Shaiva, doesn't fulfill his obligation. But if someone is blowing for himself and he does fulfill his obligation, even though his intent was only for himself, the one who listens does fulfill his obligation. So this contradicts Rabbi who says, No, you must have me in mind. What answers Dilma perhaps? I did the Tanderation Misasa and not Misasa. He 
you can't deduce anything. The reason why he says that if someone listens, hears from someone who's blowing absentmindedly, because he started out with, he started out in the case of absentmindedness. So that's why he says also that if you listen, you also don't fulfill your obligation. But the truth is, by listening, even if you hear from someone who does not blow absentmindedly, he blows with intent, and he does fulfill his obligation, you wouldn't need to fulfill your obligation unless he had you in mind. Now we're up to the final Mishnah in the tractate Rosh Hashanah. Mishnah say the is What's the order of the is How many do you have to blow? Shalish or shalish? Shalish. You have to blow three sets of three sounds. Each set is three sounds. Shalish or shalish? Shalish. Each set of three sounds each. Shir What's the shear? No, tkiya, through tkiya. These are the three sounds. What's the amount? How long does each one have to be? So he says, shear, tkiya, kasholish, through us. The amount of the tkiya, the initial blast and the concluding blast, has to be the same length as the middle, the middle three blasts. The three teruas. Shir terua. How much is the shir terua? How long does the terua have to be? The shir of a terua is kishalosh yivavus. The shir of a terua is like three shvishvarim. The teruas do, tkiya is the straight blast, do, and then do, 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 do. So each do, each terua has to be like like three shvarim, do, 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 do. That's the, the length. The, sa- the length of the sound has to be as like three yavavas. Then the Mishnah continues, What if you blow? You blow the and you But the tkiya is so long, the equivalent of two tkiyas. Well, the concluding tkiya of the first set what if you blow it so long? Usually the last one, the Chazan blows long, long. What if you blow it so long that there's enough, it's enough length of time, enough time for one Tiki and the other. So do I say that that Tikiya now is the, fi- the final, the concluding Tikiya of the first set and the opening Tikiya of the second oh. set? So he says, no, you don't do that. No matter how long it is, it only, it's only works for one. That's what I would have thought. Because you have to interrupt between then the mission continues. What if a person person makes a bracha? He, he said the Musaf prayer without blowing because there was no shayfer available. And then he found the shayfer. Then the shayfer became available. He should blow through three times. Three times. Why do you have to do three times? One corresponding to the blessings of sovereignty, one corresponding to the blessing of remembrance, and one corresponding to the blessings of kingship. Of kingship. Of, uh, no, we said that. Sovereignty of, of, uh, of Shaif. So you have to have all together like three sets. Yeah. Kishem, Just like the Sliar Tzibur. The representative for the, for the community is Chayiv is obligated to blow Kach. Call Yochid Yochid Chayiv. So too, every individual, every individual is obligated. No, just like the Shliach Tzibur is obligated to say the Musa, 
So every individual is obligated to say the entire Musaf. Not everyone has to do the Musaf for themselves. It's a very lengthy Musaf. It's a very unfamiliar Musaf. It's only once a year. So in that case, therefore in this case, unlike all other Shemineseris, where everyone is obligated to daven for themselves, and then the Chazan repeats it, Chazar Sashat, here... You know, not that the individual is not obligated to daven for himself. He can initially listen to the chazan and fulfill his obligation. The rabbis disagree and say, no, it's like every other shemineseri throughout the year. Everyone has to daven for, for themselves, and the chazan will repeat it. The person can't read, then they have to exactly. talk to right, Exactly. But the rabbi, Leel says, when it comes to the Muslim, we consider everyone like they can't read. It's a very unfamiliar davening, a very lengthy Muslim. So therefore, everyone can listen to the chazan. But halachically you could. Yeah, the halacha is like that. The problem is that in order to, to fulfill your obligation, you have to listen to every single word. What are the chances? You're going to listen to such a long davening. What are the chances? Especially with all the piyutim we have. You know, in your shul, Shemines and Musa probably takes three hours. We don't do that. We learned in the Braiz that the length of a tkia is like a trua. In the Mishnah, it says the length of a tkia is like three truas, and the Braiz says like one trua. I'm going to buy you, buy you answers. Tana vidan, kachash of tkia, the kulib bavi. Truest the Kulubave. Our Mishnah. Our Mishnah counts. The Tkiyas of all three sets. And the truest of all three sets. Tanabara Kachashav Chad Baba Vesula. Tanabara counts one set. Our Mishnah is saying that the shear of three, the three Tkiyas. It's like the shear of the, the three opening tkiyas, like the shear of the three truot. Versus the the uh, the tana bra, the, the bra from the outside, the braisa, which is like on the outside, it's not included in the Mishnah. He says one tkiyah corresponds to one truot. One tkiyah is like one truot. Not like three truths. One true. Sheer true. How long? What's the length of the true? Gimel Yabamas. Like three Shvarim. How can you learn Sheer true? Like three Shvarim. Shvarim are longer than Yabamas. Yabamas is much shorter. You know, so, so three Shvarim is not the same as three, three Yabamas. Here the Brayse said the mission says like three above us. The Brayse says like three shvarim. Amar Abayabay answers, but what they believe here they definitely argue. Here there's clearly an argument in the mission and the Brayse. See it says the entru yolechem. It says it should be a day of blowing shofar. It says in the pasuk yem entru yolechem. It's talking about Rosh Hashanah, Parshas Pinchas. And the Targum says, the Targum Minan, and we interpret, Yom Yibvav Yilachem. It should be a day of Yibvav. It's like, it's like when you break down sobbing, you break down, you, you, you can't catch your breath. <laughs> you know. It says, by the mother of Sitzra, when she was wailed. 
when you wail. She cries. So we know Yevava means crying. But the question is, what kind of crying? The Tana, the Braisa holds Yevava is like moaning. Like Shavadim, when you moan. Right. Shavadim. Shavadim. So when he says, the sound of a true is either like Shloisha Shvadim, Shvadim or true, or, or Shvadim true. Shvadim by us is like is like is like wailing. It's like moaning, moaning, moaning. Teruah, we call teruah is is sobbing. Oh, okay. It's like you, you can't even catch your breath. <gasps> you know, it sounds right. It's, it's clipped, very clipped. Yeah, shvadim is you moaning. Oh, oh, oh. So at least, so it depends. It's different levels of pain. There are certain pains that you can't put into words. You blow. Just the sound, the shriek. Then the pain is so great, your heart is so broken, they start moaning. You, you, you can't even catch your breath, you're moaning. And then you start wailing and sobbing. You completely break down. Your heart is so shattered that, that you're sobbing. So that's the question is, what is Teruah? When the Torah said it should be a day of Teruah, is Teruah referring to Shvarim? That's the opinion of the Braisa. So it's like three Shvarim, which is longer. And our mission says no, it's like three Yavavas, it's like three Sabs, which is shorter. Come the Rabbi, one of the rabbis learn. How do we know? How do we know? That the true has to be with a shayfer. It doesn't say in the Pasuk. In the Pasuk it says it should be a day of, of blowing. How do I know it means b'shayfer? Tamalim it says, it says, it says in the Pasuk, it says in Leviticus, in Bahar, it says about the, in the Jubilee. The Jubilee, you have to blow the Shafer. It says you should be Mavi, you should blow the Shafer. It says clearly Shafer. Yeah. Maybe only Jubilee, but how do we know also in Rishonim? It says, it says, it says in the seventh month, Why does he have to say in the seventh month? It says on Yom Kippur, it says by the Jubilee on Yom Kippur. It says, I know that the Yom Kippur is in the seventh month. Why does he have to say in the seventh month? So he comes to teach me. That all the blowings that you do in the seventh month, which is referring to Rosh Hashanah, you learn one from the other. How do we know that first you have a blast before the trua, before the the sobs or the wails, or the uh, before the, the the wailing or the sobbing, or the, the groaning or the or the uh, moaning or the sobbing? How do I know that first you first start with a blast? It says at first, first it says, first you should sound. The shafer blast of the true. means a straight blast. You shall cause to pass through. Or you cause a, to pass through a sound through the shafer, a blast. One blast through the safe. 
And that comes before Teruah. And then comes the Teruah, which is either the sobbing or the wail. How do we know that, that you have to make a blast afterwards? Tamalim says, It says that you should, again, it says, you should, you should sound through the shayfer. So it's extra. You sh- so therefore, comes to teach us. And this comes after Teru. It says Teru, and then it says Tavidur Shreifa. So it comes to teach us, you have to finish, conclude with a blast. We continue on 34a. We'll stop over here. That all the blast of Shafer of the seven months, the seven months should be the same. Referring to the Shoshana, whatever you do in Yom Kippur, so from Yom Kippur you learn that it's a Shafer. The sound you have to make is a Shafer. Yom Kippur you learn that you also make a blast before you, make a blast after, and the truth is in the middle. And the same is true in Rish Hashanah. No, because it says in the Pasuk, it's more than Gzeh Shashvi. It's more than Gzeh Shashvi. By Yom Kippur, it says Gzeh Shashvi. It's actually the teaching that anything that happens in the seventh month, 